Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened, where we discuss, explore, and connect with fellow empaths, healers, intuitives, and seekers. Hello, empaths. Welcome to the show. We hope your week is off to a great start. You know, last week we talked about doing shadow work and how important that is to really learn to embrace and befriend your shadow so that you can really get to know who you are and really embrace all the good and and maybe not so, or what you think are not so good aspects of yourself. And we got a lot of good feedback on that. So we thought we'd take a deeper dive this week and talk about shadow work in terms of doing the real inner energy work with your chakras. And Denise found this wonderful article written by Alethea Luna on Wake Up World that gave some, some really good questions that we can talk about and think about and journal as we're learning to really befriend and work with our shadow. So we're going to be taking a lot of our information and insights from Alethea's article. And we'll start by kind of diving into the seven main chakras. And if you know the rainbow, you know your chakras. We start at the base of the spine, which is the root chakra. And that's really where we store a lot of shadow stuff, right, Denise? Because that's all the family stuff. It is. And I think another good reason to be focusing on this right now is the energy of this summer is about releasing. It's about letting go. It's about hitting the reset button. We're kind of in a suspended animation right now of knowing that it's almost time to move forward, but we have to clear things out first. And hopefully this show will help you. Some of these will resonate with you and you'll say, oh, that's where I need to start. And that's what I can work on to help make this a gentler transition for myself. Yes. So the root chakra, like I said, is at the base of the spine. It is where we store ancestral stuff, family of origin issues. It's where we feel rooted, grounded, and safe in the world. So if you have a lot of like, for example, lower back pain, uh, sciatica issues, it can mean that you're not feeling safe in your body, in your home, in your work. And so it's it's always a message with root chakra to really dive deep into how do you feel grounded and balanced and safe in your world. And when you're working with your shadow, with the root chakra, one of the things you want to look at are your personal boundaries. How good are you at setting healthy boundaries? Do you feel comfortable saying no to things you really don't want to do? Do you feel comfortable standing up for yourself? Right. And this, from what I understand, a lot of times trust issues will manifest in your root chakra. If you have a hard time trusting yourself or others or situations. So if you look at your own personal stuff, if any of these things that we're bringing up, you're saying, oh my gosh, that's me. Do some work around your root chakra and see if you can help release that. But this is the the family stuff, the feelings, the emotions. It's also so very much about security and stability. So if you're struggling with finances or feeling secure in the world, or that can be another great place to start is doing the shadow work in your root chakra. Yes. I read something online that I just want to share with everyone because one of the other questions Althea mentions in this article is to journal and think about what the word family means to you and what feelings, emotions, and thoughts, good and bad, does that bring up? And, you know, I've been thinking a lot about that throughout my life. And I, I saw this quote online and I just want to share it with everyone. It says, blood is thicker than water, 
is a bastardization of the full quote from the Bible. Did you know that, Denise? I didn't. Okay, here's what it says. The blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. Those who stand by you, who shed blood in battle beside you, they are your family. I did not know that. I did not know that the full quote, because, you know, as a Catholic, we don't actually read the Bible. And I did not know that the full quote was the blood of the covenant, meaning the vows, the loyalty is thicker than the water of the womb. So sometimes when you think of family, you know, if you have a tricky relationship with your family of origin, I do think it's important to realize that sometimes family is who we decide family is. Yes, that's so, so vital right now. And another aspect of of this shadow work in your root chakra is going to be that ancestral healing. What have you inherited? What is ending with you? Where does that line in the sand say, it stops with me, I'm not passing this forward, or I'm going to end the patterns. So this is this isn't a light and fluffy shadow work chakra. <laughs> <laughs> no, it definitely is not. And some crystals that can really help you work with the root chakra, especially with some of this heavier stuff, uh, would be red jasper. It's a really good stone for feeling protected and safe and strong and setting your very firm boundaries. If we move up to the sacral chakra, that is between... Um, the base of your spine and your belly button. And this is the center of sexuality, creativity, fertility, and body image. And so a lot of stuff is happening. It's represented by the color orange. And it's all about, in terms of shadow work, really asking yourself, what? how do I feel about my sexuality? How do I feel about sex? What am I like with intimacy? Um, how does how does guilt and shame reflect itself in my in my life? Am I holding on to guilt and shame? How do I feel about my body? Am I kind about myself when I look at my body or talk about my body? What kinds of creative things am I doing in my life? Am I letting my creative energy flow? When do I feel blocked creatively? So there's there's a lot going on in the sacral chakra that I think is very, very important. You know, as you were reading, I was thinking about so many people that work intuitively or as healers or Reiki practitioners that when, if you've ever seen someone uh, lay on a table and someone will take a pendulum and put it over their chakras to see if they're spinning. And a lot of times the the top chakras, the, the third eye, the throat, the crown are like, boom, wide open. But sometimes these lower chakras are holding the old stuff. And and I think to get that balance in our lives, we do need to make sure they're all functioning in order to make the most of, of this experience we're having here as incarnate people. I agree. You've got to have that, that basis of groundedness and sense of stability before you can fly, right? right. And those upper chakras are what help us lift and raise our vibrations so we can soar. But You've got to have that foundation first. I think so many, though, will focus on that going up and lifting and connecting when you really do need these these lower chakras that are your physicality, your experiences, your what has formed you throughout this lifetime. So I, I think there's growth and evolution in all of this shadow work, but it's so interesting to see it broken down into if there's just one of these that you're saying, wow, I'm tired of feeling that way, or I'm tired of 
guilt or shame or or I I know I want to experience more pleasure and joy in my life, it might be worth exploring the, the sacral chakra a little bit and say, is there something in shadow work that I need to address? Yeah. And, you know, I think a lot of the reason why people hold belly fat is because of the first, second, and third chakra. It's, it's protection. It's protection. Exactly. And so when you're willing and ready and able to dive deep into these heavy, heavy questions and really look openly and honestly at yourself, I think so much can be released, not only uh, physically, but emotionally and spiritually as well. And I could see where looking at this shadow work with where it, how it manifests in the the chakras and the energetic system would, I mean, it can go in all different directions because we've done other shows on this and, and a lot of our listeners are very practiced in in the chakras and, and how it works and aligns with, you know, the uh, organ systems and, and all of that. But it seems if you were working with other people, this is going to help you do release techniques for them as well by yes. knowing this information. One of the questions Althea poses in this article is, I deserve pleasure in my life. And she says to repeat that statement and ask how that feels when you say it. Isn't that interesting? I don't know that I've ever said, I deserve pleasure in my life. I don't think I've ever said that to myself. I've said I deserve happiness. I've said I deserve love or I deserve success or joy. But I don't think I've ever used the word pleasure. Right. Because often a time it is, uh, uh, many times it's seen as hedonistic or yeah. Rather than enjoying the physicality that we've been blessed with. Yeah, I agree. And so working with your sacral chakra will not only unlock your fertility and your creativity, but it'll help you with the the intimacy in your relationships with others and with yourself and to be comfortable saying to yourself in the world, yeah, I deserve pleasure in my life. And I think that's important because we all do. And if you go into the solar plexus, you're, this is where shame might be hiding its little ugly face <laughs> uh, if you're if you are holding shame about something. And I think for many empathic people who have a softer personality or a gentler way of looking at life, if you're afraid of expressing your anger, that can manifest as shadow work in the solar plexus chakra. If you're a little more, um, you may present with a a stronger exterior. The other side of that is what scares you about being soft and vulnerable and and letting people see that side of you. So it's interesting how you can go either way with the shadow work in this chakra. Um, it also can be when do what really wipes you out? Where do you get that lonely? I don't know where to go from here feeling. Is that something that can be addressed through the chakra as well? Yes. And, you know, think about it. If if you cross your arms in front of you, wherever the crossed uh, wrist land on your body, that's where your solar plexus is. So it's right above your belly button and its color is yellow. And it is all about feeling joyful. Like if you think about yellow, you think of the sun and that makes you think of joy and confidence and success. But like Denise said, it's also where we hold a lot of shame. It's where we store a lot of anger. And it's where we get this sense of holding on to stuff, which again, often does explain why a lot of people hold their weight there because they're not 
uh, letting go of some things that, that they need to let go of. It's where we feel our sense of true confidence and true self-worth. And so if you're working on, on shadow stuff with that and you're feeling kind of not worthy of success or health or joy or pleasure, or you don't feel like you have the right to stand up for yourself or set healthy boundaries, a lot of that can be stored in, in the solar plexus chakra. And so looking at your anger and where it comes from, and kind of like we were saying last week where I was talking about how anger can be your friend. And sometimes it can protect you because it's preventing you from feeling the sadness. Well, eventually you're going to have to feel that sadness, right? And so I think working with these questions and thoughts and journaling about them, maybe even while holding a yellow stone like citrine or yellow chalcedony is a great one for working on family of origin issues. You can just place that over your solar plexus chakra and really kind of think about where is the anger in my life rooted in? What is it? What is it? Where did it start? And how is it preventing me from moving forward now? Or what am I feeling ashamed of? And why is that even my shame to carry? Or if you're scared about anger, you know, ask yourself why, what happened in my life? Remember the story I told last week about my client who, with the one time she stood up, her father had the car accident. Yes. So you might want to find the root issue of what made you kind of feel like you don't have a right to be angry. Now, another perspective on this, if you're working to develop your in- intuitive skills or as a psychic or as a reader or as a medium, this is that gut, you know, you feel it in your gut. I had a gut feeling that's going to be your solar plexus. So when you start to brush some of these shadows away and face them, it will help you get a clearer perspective with your intuition development as well. Yes. Yes. And that will never lead you astray. Right. Okay. With the heart chakra, that's located right where your heart is a little bit above. Its color is green and it's all about really working with love. And we're not just talking about romantic love here. We're talking about all kinds of love. And so when you're doing shadow work with the heart chakra, you want to ask yourself, do you really feel worthy of true love? And and if the if so, why or why not? What were you taught about love as a child? What what kind of example about love and romantic love did your parents teach you or model or demonstrate for you? I think that's really important because we do tend to attract to ourselves, at least initially until we've healed our shadow and befriended our shadow, we tend to attract the person to us romantically that has the same characteristics of the parent we had the most issues with. Right. And I think we're constantly saying, open your heart, lead with your heart. And I believe we, we all want to feel safe enough to do that. We want to feel safe enough to to be vulnerable and open our hearts and feel. And by facing the things that you may have trouble accepting about yourself or that have been, as you mentioned, a repetitive pattern in relationships, or that when you have to look at the mirror and say, I brought this to the table too, I think you're doing big heart work 
you're doing big, big work in clearing those shadows. If you can say, yes, my ex relationships have been this, this, and this, but what I brought to that that didn't help or that was my part in why things didn't work out. So there's a, a, a deep level of honesty and self-reflection in the heart work. But to me, this is the one that once you can open your heart and it, you you can practice with, with animals, you can practice with opening up to uh, your connection with nature. You can open your heart through prayer there it doesn't have to be i think you can work up to being vulnerable with other humans yeah i do too and it you know it won't happen overnight i know when i was in my young 20s and i was newly married and we started talking about having a family i was really afraid to become a mother because i didn't have a nurturing maternal figure in my life and i thought like what if I just morph into that? You know, I never played with dolls as a kid. I played with stuffed animals. And so I thought, what if I don't have a maternal instinct? And he was really great. He was like, you know what? Like, we're young. We don't have to answer this question now. We don't have to, if you don't want kids, we don't have to have kids. If you want kids, we'll have kids. He was very good about that. And so instead, what do you think we did? We got a dog. <laughs> <laughs> Dog's a good practice. <laughs> we got this beautiful giant, well, when we got her, she fit in the palm of our hand, but she was a Doberman and we named her Ashley because that was my favorite name at the time. And I thought, well, if I'm not going to have kids, that's what I would have named a daughter. So I'll name her Ashley. And Denise, I loved that dog. I made up songs for her and I sang them to her. I took her everywhere with me. I, I She was just my baby forever. And I know she came into my life to teach me that I do have maternal instincts and that I would be a great mom. And I think she was four, maybe five when I had Olivia, but I will love Ashley forever and ever and ever because she taught me that you don't have to carry on the ancestral chain of, you know, icy cold moms that, that who you are is who you are. And she showed me that I was very, very maternal and had so much love to give. So sometimes it can start with animals. Sometimes it can start with a garden. Right. It's it's opening your heart to something. And the, the pre-children animals are very different. They always hold that special place. But I heard the coolest thing. There was a woman I was speaking with, and she has chosen not to have, have uh, children, but she has an incredibly strong connection with her uh, her pets, her animals, and she their family. And you and I have spoken of this, that our animals are part of the family. And she said, you know, when you or a parent to a pet or an animal, a dog, a cat, doesn't matter. You're constantly in, they always need you. It's like a little toddler. They never grow up and gain independence. They still need to be fed and nurtured and walked and watched out for. And I had never put it in that perspective before, but I really, really loved that, that that person had had stated it that way. Yeah. And it's it's a beautiful way to to learn about giving and receiving love. Yes. But I do think when you're working on the, the heart chakra is the bridge chakra. So it connects the physical three chakras that we just talked about, the root, the sacral, and the solar plexus. It connects those three physical chakras to the three spiritual chakras, the throat, third eye, and crown chakra. So if the heart chakra is blocked from guilt, from shame, from an inability to give or receive love, from feeling as though you're not worthy of love, from holding on to anger, 
um, from not being able to give or receive anything in your life. You know, if you're just kind of um, an island unto yourself, then everything is going to get blocked energetically. So I think the heart chakra is incredibly important. And one of the most important crystals you can use to work with shadow stuff, and it's intense, is malachite. I love malachite. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> I do too. It's a, but it's a good I told stuff. you it's it's the drill sergeant, right? Like yeah. if you work with rose quartz, rose quartz is going to be like, that's okay, Denise. If you don't want to yeah. deal with these heavy questions today, we can do it tomorrow or next month. Don't worry. Whereas Malachite is like, no way, bitch. Sit down, get your journal out. <laughs> and I know that we've, we've done other shows about chakra work and all the things we're speaking of. But I think it's really, really important. It, this is maybe I'm off on this, and please correct me if I am. Is this doesn't end? You don't just get up. Oh, all my chakras are spinning, good to go for the rest of the time I'm here. This is something we always want to revisit and check in on. And there's always another layer. Always, yeah. Nothing, nothing in this world is one and done. First of all, right? I mean, you can't shower one day and think, "Well, I'm clean for the rest of my life." You can't exercise one day and think, well, I'm fit for the rest of my life. It's the same with all the spiritual work too. You have to constantly cleanse and balance your chakras. You have to go back to shadow work you know, over and over and over again because new things are going to come to the surface. You might be ready to clear away one aspect and then something else pops up. It's exhausting to be a human, but it's worth it. Right. And it's it's growing, it's evolving, and it's allowing you to raise your vibration. So the more you can clear away through this shadow work, the more you can be of service to help other people and to help yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's like school. I remember when my daughter Tori uh, basically taught herself to read in preschool and they had these little drawers. So every time you learn different words and sentences, you'd complete a drawer and you'd move on to the next one. And, and when you finished all the drawers, you got this big award and they had a little ceremony for her. She was so excited. And you could tell she was like, whew, that's done. And then kindergarten started and she, you could, if she could swear back then, which thank God she couldn't, she would have come home and been like, son of a bitch, like <laughs> this doesn't stop. And I always think of learning spiritually as the same way, you know, in kindergarten, you learn to read and write and, and you think, okay. And then fourth grade, you learn fractions and, the, you know, and then you get to high school and it's algebra and calculus and literature. It never stops. As you're speaking, what popped into my head was that that where you are on your life path is going to determine some of the shadow work that you're addressing as well and what your priorities are. So if you're young, you know, older teenager, young adult, and you just want a romantic relationship and you're saying, well, I want to do, I want to clear my heart chakra so that I can bring in this love. And I want all that's going to be different than someone who's in a more, uh, mature place in their life, not mature, That's that sounds derogatory, but who has had more life experience and has had heartbreak or has had, their, their priorities are going to be different. Yeah, I totally agree with that. But I do want to add a caveat that I don't think you can just start with the heart chakra, right? No, because no, no. I don't I think agree. you can open your heart chakra without working on your boundaries of the root chakra, your intimacy and vulnerability capabilities with the sacral chakra and your feeling of self-worth and deserving of love, you've got to cover all that before you work on opening your heart to love. Yes. And they're all interconnected. Yeah, they really are. Okay. 
So now we move on to the throat chakra, which is where we speak our truth. It's located at the base of your throat. It's associated with the color light blue. And it's all about really learning to speak up and speak out for yourself. But it's also, there's other things that can block this. If you tend to exaggerate or lie quite a bit, then that can block your throat chakra. Uh, it reminds me of the four agreements. One of the agreements is be authentic with your word. Mm-hmm. And I think that is so important, especially when we're talking about throat chakra stuff. This feels important in the sense that so many people are trying to find their voice or speak up for themselves as far as I'm an intuitive or I believe in juju or I don't agree with you politically. It doesn't make you a bad. I mean, there's so many ways people are trying to clear this shadow stuff out. And if you're finding that, it, I think there's a sense of realizing you, it's okay, it's safe to speak your truth, but that you deserve to have your own opinion and it doesn't make it wrong. Yes, exactly. This is also where we hold our inner critic too. So if you have that little voice in your ear, who's constantly telling you to sit down or stay quiet, or you don't look good in that, or you should have done more at that meeting, or you should be trying harder here, that also gets stored in your throat chakra. And so you do need to be an observer of your inner voice and think, you know, how am I talking to myself? And you made a good point earlier when you were saying, how do we even do this shadow work? When you said you may get insight while you're on the elliptical or running or or knitting, it doesn't matter where or you're journaling or you're there's ways to work through this that fit you but you have to identify the root where it is rooted before you can pull it out and and let it go yeah i agree well one of the questions althea poses in this article for journaling with a shadow is were you listened to as a child right and i think that that's a sore point for me i my dad definitely listened to me we took walks almost every night after dinner. And he would listen to me go on and on and on. Uh, My sister, Courtney, definitely listened to me, but I was a talker and I am a dreamer. And so I would love to sit at the breakfast table and tell everybody about in detail, agonizing detail, the dreams I had. And I do remember everyone kind of rolling their eyes at me and, you know, you're so sensitive as a kid. And I remember feeling very bad about that. And so think about little moments, even if they're insignificant ones like that, Whereas now I'd be like, yeah, who wants to hear about, you know, my dreams? But as a kid, I was like, oh, very hurt. I was so sensitive. And so I think it's important to look at some of those issues and to look at where you manifested illness as a child. I think Mm -hmm. that's very telling, right? So if you got a lot of stomach aches or stomach issues, if you were constipated a lot or you threw up a lot and got the the flu, uh, that, that points to sacral and solar plexus stuff. But if you had sore throats all the time, like I did, that points to throat chakra stuff and not being able to speak your truth as a child. And so I think it's if you had headaches, that points to third eye stuff. So it's I just think it's really interesting. If you had a lot of um, ear infections as a kid, that can mean either that your parents were arguing a lot or there were just a lot of messages that you just did not want to hear or that were hard for you to hear and were very, very negative. So looking at some of the chronic health issues you may have had as a kid can be really eye-opening and revealing. 
And this can be really useful with your own children or if you have someone that you're caretaking who isn't able to communicate as clearly, but they're having physical reactions. Is there some chakra work you could do with them or some energy work you could do with them that would help make that easier? Or at least you can validate and acknowledge, especially in the case of children. Yeah, exactly. Something else you can look at with throat chakra shadow work is where are you criticizing people? Where are you judgmental and critical of people? That question reminds me of, you know, when you point your finger at someone and the old saying is you got three fingers pointing back at you, Mm -hmm. right? So whatever you're judging others on is a reflection of how you are judging yourself. And looking at it in that light, I think is, is really, really important. Another, I hope that we're we're conveying is that this isn't easy, but be gentle with yourself as you're working through any of this stuff, because it's, it's deep, it's old, it's, it's been integrated into a part of who you are and how you've survived or navigated being here. And it don't just please be gentle with yourself. Yes, I agree. And speaking of being gentle, some crystals that are great for the throat chakra would be blue lace agate. Uh, blue calcite is very soft and calming as well. Angelite or celestite are stones of peace, and they also bring in the help of your guardian angels and spirit guides. So those are all, I think, great choices for working with the throat chakra. That's perfect. So the third eye chakra. And if you feel like you've been hoodwinked, when was the last time you used that word? If you've been deluded or, you know, with that, you don't feel like you can trust what you're seeing, or there's been some kind of denial possibly, or you're, you're seeing things with rigidity of there being good, bad, black, white, dark, black. It, it, it just, it's that, that's not having that whole full spectrum that you're looking at something with. And if you're not trusting your intuition, this can be a shadow that manifests in your third eye as well. Yeah. And I think it's really important to point that out because we think the third eye chakra is also called the brow chakra because it's located right between your eyebrows and about an inch above. And everyone thinks of the third eye chakra as the seat of psychic ability, right? And, ooh, this is where you see dead people in clairvoyance. And isn't that groovy and cool? And yes, it is. However, the third eye chakra is also where we hold a lot of our ideas about the world and ourselves in terms of what we can and can't control. So you'll notice like a lot of type A personalities tend to get migraines and headaches. That is because their third eye chakra is blocked. So if you are seeing things in black and white and you see things as, you know, this is good, this is bad, or, you know, this is left, this is right in terms of political stuff, and you're not able to really sit back and see the connection between all of us, then you might have a blocked third eye chakra. Um, It's also where we hold a lot of our denials, things that we just don't want to see. Think about it. It's the third eye. So what are you not wanting to see? in your life, about yourself, about your relationships, about where you are on your path, that can be blocking your shadow work as well. And this is the, we when we've done the shows with talking about signs and and we, both of us as well, said, well, I thought it was a sign, but I wasn't sure. I thought that was an intuitive hit, but maybe I was making it up in my head. 
working with this third eye chakra to release some of that denial, that fear, that insecurity will help increase your your ability to believe in what you're getting intuitively. Yes, exactly. And some great crystals for this center are going to be any dark blue stones like lapis lazuli, kyanite, sodalite, azurite is a great one. Azurite malachite would be great if you're working on heart chakra and third eye chakra. But in general, any any dark blue indigo type stone, labradorite is one I I love to use for the third eye chakra as well. So going back to the health things, if you would constant headaches be connected with, could that be an issue with the third eye chakra? Yes. Yes. That is, that is often an indication that there is a block in your third eye and or crown chakra. So you might've lost your connection to yourself, your higher power, trusting your intuition, but it could also be that you're locked in this, this judgmental, you know, thing, this way of seeing the world that is, that is just not helping you, you know, because I suffered from headaches a good part of my life, but I've shared that openly before, but I'm wondering too, is if your environment isn't being supportive of what your inner truth is, is that going to manifest in headaches as well? Yes. A hundred percent. Right. So, so that might be something to consider if you're having headaches or, or any physical issues around your third eye or your crown chakra. Life is much more enjoyable when you use all the colors in the box and don't just stick to the the neutral tones. Yeah. I have, I have a friend who wants to write a book called how Fox and CNN killed my marriage. Okay. <laughs> she said her husband would come home from work and he would watch like an hour of Fox and an hour of CNN. And then he would get so mad and angry at both sides. And she said it morphed him into this like bitter person who just couldn't see how beautiful the world was. He was just so focused on the divide that's going on in the world right now. And it it changed him. That's a blocked third eye. When you just see nothing but division, where you don't see unity, where you can't see the good and and either side of any situation, whatever it might be, um, that can cause a lot of blockage in the third eye. I see most blockages in the third eye from people who feel that they need to control all aspects of their life and or their children's life. People who can't just let go mm-hmm. and trust. Because the third eye is really uh, the gateway to to trusting not only yourself, but also as we move into the crown chakra, trusting a higher power. Once you lean into that, trusting that everything will work out, trusting that we are all connected, trusting that you're on the right path, all of those things will help unblock that chakra. And it does seem, if we go back to the interconnectedness of all of this, that as you deal with that shadow work in your third eye chakra, that you're going to start to see yourself in a way that is more accepting and allows you to move forward and not not stay stuck in who you've been, but be able to evolve into who you're becoming because you're going to see yourself differently. Yes, exactly. Okay, moving on to the crown chakra, this energy center sits half in the top of our head and half out. So it's always connecting us up and out to the um, 
to our higher side, our higher self, the other side to our connection to the divine, and its color is purple. And when you're working with the shadow side of your crown chakra, you want to think about how am I thinking for myself? Do I believe what I believe because I was told to believe that? Or do I believe what I believe because it's intrinsically aligns with my core values of who I am? This is also a good time to look at any any issues you had with uh, standard traditional religion growing up and what anger or hostility or hurt feelings are you holding on as a result of that? That's an important one because I think a lot of people are in conflict with what they were brought up or what their family of origin or their community or their people may still believe or live their life by those tenants and what they may be feeling as they open up more in a spiritual direction. And I think you can, you're a great example that you can have both. You can still follow the tenets of, a, of an organized religion, but if it's holding you back or it's causing imbalance with your understanding of who you are as a spiritual being and your connection to that, it might be something to look at. But I think that this is a, a really important one because it is our how we connect to all that is. This is when I yammer on incessantly about tapping into the collective. This is where that's happening is when you're opening up your crown chakra to really connect up with all that is. <laughs> this sounds terribly judgy pie. So I guess I'm in the whatever chakra that, that one is. If you're not being realistic about what's going on in your life or in the world, and you're being so airy fairy woo woo about it, that can be a shadow too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And we've seen that happen in in people that that we've worked with, right? Where they just are they kind of go way too much into that belief system, right? And it's it's comforting sometimes to if it's a harsh place or it's a harsh. But the the bottom line is when you start to really face who you are, what has helped determine those shadows, and you start to say, I don't think I want to own that anymore. I don't think that's who I am. It really does change your life. Yeah, it really does. And it frees your life too. Yes. You know, it does. It frees you because, you know, you said I... What did you say? I'm a great example of balancing traditional religion with woo-woo stuff. I don't know that I am a great example, Denise, because um, most of what I do is against what my church uh, preaches, you know? So I don't know that I'm a good example. But what I know is that there are certain aspects of my faith that bring me connectedness, that help me feel anchored into who I am. Um, I know that I've always found so much solace in Mother Mary, and I don't, I don't care who Mother Mary is. Do you know what I mean? Like if she's Isis or Athena or the the wife of God, like all those labels and names mean nothing to me. So I don't get hunkered down in that. I think it's important to take what you valued and learned and were comforted by in any faith you were brought up in, and leave the rest, and and to give yourself permission to do that. It's okay. It is okay to do that. I heard a really interesting, and and I just, I've been thinking about this a lot. I did a little workshop last week and I was listening to someone speak and they said that 
you know, it was talking about connecting with guides and angelic realm and, you know, uh, ascended masters, all of those things. And they said, it's, it's an archetype. So what you just said was so spot on with that of you may use the words Mother Mary, someone else may use Isis, someone else may use, but it's still that same archetype of energy that you're tapping into. Yeah. And I'm not going to get mad at anyone who's like, no, it's not Mother Mary. It's it's Athena. It's, you know, no. Hecate. Like, okay, that works for you. Like, I, that's part of the third eye chakra stuff, you know, just accepting people where they are on their path. And, and I think once we do that, we tend to acclimate and attract people who then accept us where we are on our path. What I love about everything we've talked about today is if you're tired of repeating family patterns or you're tired of hiding a part of yourself that you don't feel really comfortable with or confident about, or you're avoiding how you're feeling about things, this can be a great place. It's private. It's quiet. You don't have to go and spend a bajillion dollars to have someone else tell you what you know in your own heart to be true. Yes. And before we wrap up, can I talk about my favorite crystals for the crown chakra? Oh, please do. Yes. Okay. So sugar light is really good for this one. Super seven, oralite, amethyst, of course, purple fluorite. One of my favorites for shadow work with the crown chakra is chirote. It's spelled C-H-A-I-R-O-T-E. It's found in Siberia. So think about Siberia. And the stone has like purple it's beautiful, beautiful purple, but it also has a lot of black in it. And then it usually has this, this like white going down. So it's all about taking the dark and the light aspects of yourself and unifying and accepting and embracing them with the purple energy of divinity and divine love. And think about the fact that it grows in Siberia. Anything that grows in Siberia is tough as you know what, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's a tough swear word, swear word. And so it's going, <laughs> and so working with Cairo is really going to help you cultivate that inner strength as well, but not in a tough, like badass uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, the rock way more in a, in a tough, like, I love myself. This is who I am. It's self-empowerment. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. So if you haven't heard of Cairo, uh, check it out. It's a really cool stone. Oh, I love that. And and I love that you get so excited about it every damn time. You, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know your juju and you know it works for you. It's fun. Um, I just think it's cool to look at where stones are from, where they are sourced yes. from, because it does, it tells you a lot about, about who they are. And it reminds us that, you know, where we're from, tells us a lot about who we are. Right. And I don't know if there's any validity to this, but what, what, when you just said that, what popped into my head was if you know your, if you're working on ancestral healing or you're working on breaking familial patterns and you're healing that generational line, I wonder if you follow that back to where your family originates from, what part of the world and you worked from stones with stones from that area, if it would help. Well, then I would need a thousand dollars to spend on <laughs> stones because <laughs> I'm a mutt of many, many things. <laughs> right? Like I couldn't pick, uh, say, Priscelli stone from uh, Stonehenge, you know? Okay. But I'm only like 20% English. So then I'd have to, 
I don't know. That would be a lot, but no, that's a great idea. Denise. Well, I'm sorry. It's a cross you'll have to bear is just to buy a <laughs> bunch of crystals. Gosh, darn it. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for listening. We hope we've given you some really interesting things to think about as you're working on befriending your shadow. We hope you've enjoyed this little two-part series. Have a great week. And please remember, as always, to show up, share your light, and do good work. Take care.